Welcome to Composer Talk. I'm your host, Matthew Wong. As a film and TV composer, I love talking to others about their backgrounds, composition techniques, music tech, and more. We all watch films, TV, and digital media, and know the important role that scoring plays in storytelling. I want to invite you to join me on this adventure to learn more about the artists who are behind the scenes creating the music. If you want to learn more about the people interviewed on this podcast, make sure to follow us on our socials. And if you enjoy Composer Talk, please take the time to rate and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your preferred listening site is. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick second to shout out our friends at QDB.com. That's C-U-E-D-B.com. QDB is a cloud-based software that allows you to make your own customizable cue lists for spotting, composition, orchestration, mixing, and cue sheet delivery. If you'd like to try it out, use the code COMPOSERTALK for 15% off for one year. Our next guest is an award-winning composer from the Netherlands. He is the composer on Disney's Minis Bow Tunes and a Dutch drama feature called El Hoop, and an animated feature called Ainbo, premiering at this year's Annecy, among other projects. I'm very excited to welcome on my friend Vijay Beerpoots to the podcast today. Hey, Matthew. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's such a pleasure to have you today. Absolutely. How have things been recently? Um, pretty good. It's been um, actually a crazy year. Um, um, you know, aside from the pandemic, it has been um, very busy for me, um, fortunately. And um, actually, right now, things are finally um, slowing down a little bit. So that's that's good for my um, my sanity, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you've been in LA for a little while. Would you say that like every year of being in LA, it's gotten progressively busier? Um, yeah. I mean, I've been in LA for about uh, 11 years already. Jeez. And the when I, when I came here, I came here to study at USC, like mm-hmm. a lot of your guests, I think. Um, I was listening to another, uh, some other podcast and, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people come from uh, from USC as well. Um, so yeah, I, I came here to study at USC. Uh, I was supposed to actually go back to Holland, but I stayed here. And the first couple of years uh, that I was here in LA, um, I did mainly European projects because I was still, you know, still had my network there. And yeah, I mean, that kind of kept me, uh, you know, alive here. And then slowly over like the last decade, you know, starting to make contacts and, and, and um, you know, networking and that kind of all, you know, went towards me, you know, now getting more work here in LA. Mm-hmm. This is a funny one, but, um, you know, I feel like when I moved from New York City to LA that, I mean, I moved right after graduating. So like there were a couple like student shorts I did, but I feel like I got more work in New York City after I moved to LA, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, oh, he's in LA, he's working on stuff. Like, let me call him and see if he's available to work on our New York-based production. Is that? Do you think that's a similar thing that happened to you like when you moved to LA, um, some of the friends in like Holland? Um, I, I think, I mean, definitely the the image uh, changes a lot, uh, especially in uh, in Holland. The thing is that, you know, in Holland, the the, the film industry is it's pretty small, um, you know, because of the uh, the language, uh, and also because of that, the budgets are smaller. So, I would say I definitely definitely help to get more work 
in uh, in the Netherlands or in in Europe, in that sense. But I mean, the first the, the reason I came here is was obviously to to work here on on the projects. So, um, but that definitely helped me paying the rent here for uh, for a years, and uh, I didn't. Luckily, I didn't have to to do other other uh, jobs. Right. Well, I saw that you assisted a couple of composers too. It looked like right. I well, yeah, Powell. I mean, I did. It's kind of funny. I, I never really full time assistant to anyone, but I kind of when I when I came here, um, I it, it's kind of a funny story. So I like the first time I came here was in um, 2009. Uh, I wasn't actually thinking of going to USC or, or actually moving here, but I I studied in Holland and, and I graduated like in uh uh, 2005, uh, with a master's there. Um, and I always had this idea of going to LA. And then when I was, when I graduated there, I already was so busy working. So that kind of like went to the background. And then a few years later, it, it kind of came back and it was like right, uh, right um, at the time when the, the, the housing crisis was on uh, 2008. So it was kind of like a little less busy, and uh, um, and I was like, okay, just let's try to uh, see how LA is. So I went to LA. So I came here. I didn't really know anyone. So the first thing I did was like, okay, well, maybe there are some other Dutch people here. Who knows? Maybe I just can say, hey, I'm just I'm Vijay. I'm just I'm just arrived here, and I'm just checking out LA. So I um, I contacted um, um, Junkie XL, uh, right. Tom Holkeborg, who's a you know he's a Dutch composer, and he's doing like he's like an A-list composer right now. He's doing great, you know, huge movies now. But at the mm-hmm. time, um, you know, I I went actually went to the website. I said, hey, I'm Vijay, I'm I'm here. Do you maybe want to you know <laughs> can I you know treat you for a coffee? And then he uh, he emailed back and he said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Or he said, come to the studio. And actually, he uh, like, and then that didn't didn't go through. He uh, had to cancel. So I went back to Holland. And then I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Do I want to go to LA? Uh, is it some? Is it a place I can see myself, uh, you know, living in? And the answer was, yeah, why not? So. Applied for USC, got in, and you know moved here a year later. And then I met. This is kind of a long story, but um, <laughs> I met uh, Tom at a um, a Dutch uh, like meeting. There's like an organization that that brings together people in the film industry from Holland. So I met him there, and we actually never met in person, which is by email. And I I walked up to him and said, "Hey, um, remember me? Probably not. I sent you an email a year ago." And um, yeah, we never worked out. And he said, "Yeah, of course I remember you." And then uh, he said, "Come to come to the studio." So then I actually did, you know, came to a studio. And then he told me, and this is kind of like the funny part. He said, "Well, he said, you know why I, I uh, responded to your email?" I said, "No." Yeah, I thought you were family of my uh, my manager because his manager, uh, um, his wife. I had the same last name as me. <laughs> so it's completely random. And then kind of became kind of friends. And then he ha- he asked me to help on his um, a few on his library albums. And then he moved to remote 
control and uh, so I, I helped him out there on a few movies. So I wasn't like a full-time assistant, but I would just came in, uh, I would just come in for, you know, for, for a week and do some work and then uh, <laughs> get back out. And then years later, uh, I also did some additional music for Pinar uh, Toprak. That's about it. I, in, I interned at John Powell Studio, but I was just very short. Gotcha. That's my whole so, assisting career. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you've also done some additional music for other people. I mean, I'm with the Vaz, who I say is yeah, absolutely. our mutual yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right now I'm. Uh, we're we're working on on the second season of uh, Mira Royal Detective, and uh, it's it's really fun to work with Amrita. Yeah. So, how many projects are you juggling like right now? Oh. Um... It's always a lot because there's always like things that are are um, <laughs> I'm working on right now. Um, right now, I'm working on five projects. So <laughs> that's like Minnie Mouse, like my my uh, my own TV show, and then Amrita show, uh, where I actually do a, you know a lot of music for that. Um, then I'm actually finishing up a uh, European drama movie. Um, and also working on a European horror movie. And then I'm also preparing for a, um, a new animation feature. So that's the things that are working now, but there's also other things in the, you know, in, in the, the pipeline. pipeline, basically. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'd love to shift focus for a sec just to, to Mini and congrats on getting the gig and you're killing it with the show. Oh, thank um, you. I mean, j- just yesterday we were talking about how like seemingly, I don't know, it's just like kind of funny with like a show like that. You said, I think there were 70 to 80 composers that you know that pitched for it. Well, not that I know of. I mean, I just okay. heard that uh, there were so many people uh, pitching for the project, <clears throat> which is not uncommon, but it's still right. It's still a lot. And then uh, as soon as I got the gig, um, I uh, started, you know, I just was, I was talking to, you know, my friends. And uh, for some reason, I didn't really mention it, but everyone said, oh, yeah, pitch for Mini. I'm like, really? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and uh, it, it was kind of funny because I've been pitching for a very long time uh, for all kinds of studios and, uh, you know, never got, really got the gig, but um, also never really talked about, it, it never really came up. And right. and now it suddenly everyone I knew was uh, was pitching for for the same show. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, or do, do you feel like you were before that confident in your, your writing ability or your skills as a composer? Oh, absolutely not. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, um, it's, it's, I don't know. And I don't know if every, any composer always, you know, fully is fully confident. I mean, I'm confident that I kind of know that I, 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 I think I starting to know what I'm doing. <laughs> So right. I'm comfortable about that, and you know, I I um I've been doing this for quite a while, and uh, you know, I studied in Holland, uh, university there uh, for you know my master's there for uh, five years, and and now and when I went to USC and after USC, and I did more, you know, I did the ESCAP workshop and I did some other workshops, and then now now I just start to kind of like have the feeling like, oh yeah, I think I, I think I know a little bit what I'm doing, but there's just, 
I don't know. It's still always uh, scary when when there's a new episode coming or <laughs> new project. Like, how am I going right. to do this? I feel like with a lot of composers, though, like you learn the skill of you know being at the spotting session or talking to the producers or the creatives and coming up with ideas and feeling very present and you know like saying like yeah what if we we do this for this scene and then as soon as you get back to the studio it's like what was i thinking <laughs> or like how am i going to do this <laughs> yeah i mean i guess you know ideas evolve and you know what is said in the spotting session uh, most of the time um things change along the way a little bit i mean it depends a little bit on a if it's TV or, or a movie, because, you know, TV is so fast, um, the turnaround. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, for, for, for the Disney stuff, I uh, mostly, when, when there's a spotting session, I, you know, I let the showrunners talk and, and, you know, hear what they have to say. And then, um, yeah, that's basically leading. With movies, it's a little bit different, I would say. Mm-hmm. How how would you describe the differences for anyone? Kind of curious here. Uh, specifically about spotting or just... Uh, in... Specifically about just the environment of uh, communication, really. Well, um, yeah, it's... it's. I think with if we're just talking about... Because animation and live action is also so different, and I do both. Um, I would say, like, with, with movies you have... there's Well, first of all, there's more time to do it. Right. And I always try to be involved when there is, um, you know, in an early stage. When, for example, when they're not, you know, shooting yet. And so the first conversations I would have is about the script, about the story, and um, with with directors and producers, mostly the director. And um, you know, during the process, most of the communications is with a director. Maybe a producer, but it it also depends a little bit. But for TV, for TV shows, it, it's in my experience is very different. Um, there's a bunch of people on the on the call, and everyone has uh, you know their say, and and it's just quicker. Um, and for example, for spotting, sometimes I haven't you know uh, even seen the 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 episode before we gonna spot. So that would be the first time I I see the episode. And with movies, normally. I watch the movie first and I make, you know, notes for myself and then I try to come up with an idea to present. Um, and then when we do the spotting, um, <clears throat> I, I present my idea and then we, you know, kind of have the conversation about it. But it's slightly different with TV. Right, for sure. Um, cool. I guess next, um, may I had some questions about just outside of like musical I guess background, maybe just. I mean, you. So you grew up in India, and then, sorry, we're uh, sorry, adopted from India, and then grew yes. up in the Netherlands. Do you feel like moving around, um, and then going from Netherlands to LA, uh, that you have some background that makes you more capable of certain kinds of storytelling, musically speaking? Well, I would say that, you know, I if I just look. At, Look at the whole my my life at a, like a, a birch view or like a more objective way. It's like yeah, I got like I was born in India, and then I got you know taken away or adopted, <laughs> uh, and and then transformed like, and I went to Holland, which is a completely different culture and a completely different world basically. Um, so I I and I grew up there, 
and that's kind of like what I feel Dutch. I mean, that's kind of mm. um, how I how I uh, I embraced. Um, so, but I always felt for some reason that I I wasn't. Um, it was more to it or something like that, more to for mm. myself. And and so a lot of um, stories in movies, especially in animation, but also in live action, I would say, is that <clears throat> it's about, you know, characters that are being put in a unusual situation or something mm -hmm. they don't know. And they have to find out a way to journey, you know, where they belong or where they want to go. So I, I think I can really relate to that. Um, it's just more like a feeling. Um, and then, you know, after Holland, I came here in LA and that's another, another big shift. Um, it, LA or the US is, it's, it's actually pretty different than, than Europe. Right. Uh, in my opinion. So by, by shifting a few times around the world, it definitely helps to to understand more about um, finding, you know, your your way, um, of what you want, where you belong, and there's more, you know, more questions come up, and and it, because if you stay in one place all the time, then it's maybe hard to get a broader view of of the rest of the world, and and also to look into yourself and ask questions, because I think maybe most people they are just fine where, where they are and they just maybe don't even ask those questions. Mm. But as a composer uh, and, you know, for storytelling, I think that's a very, very important thing to, to, to understand. And I really feel those um, emotions, like questions about where do you belong and, and what do you really want? And, um, and, and hopefully that translates into um, better music. Right. Well, it's not a better music, just exactly what you said, better storytelling too. Yeah, so yeah. Just, and with that in mind, it gives you an ability to communicate with someone about, you know, the, the overarch, more so than this scene is supposed to be sad, so sad music, or the scene's supposed to be happy. It's like just being able to understand the full arc of a story, because I don't think directors too often think about a specific, I mean, yes, like they'll have a focus maybe on a scene, but the, most great directors i think do see the whole arc of where a character goes throughout absolutely no um yeah i think that's absolutely right um it's about the yeah it's about the arc and, and the place where you are in the story and and um where you are on that arc um and it's um yeah the, the older i get and the more i do it it's actually <laughs> becoming way more um detailed i would say because what yeah what you said earlier it's like yeah you can write a piece of set music but it it doesn't gonna really really grab maybe the exact emotion of what the character feels or there's always more to it it's not only one uh emotion of course hmm. right and i mean i mean we talked a little bit but like with midi's bow tunes i mean there, there's a lot of musical ground you have to cover and then you're also doing a, a pretty synth heavy score at the moment you know, with all the instruments and sonic palettes changing, like how would you feel that you would describe your sound to someone, or what makes you unique, musically speaking? I I would say that I I <laughs> that's what I try is to make my music very um, emotional, 
and that can be you know any any genre but it also has to always has to <clears throat> always has to um has to evoke an emotion or a strong feeling uh, it sounds a little broad but i think that's what i really try in 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 se- like in terms of um genres like you know i do i like to do animation i i do it a lot and um and for a specific challenge because it's mostly orchestral and <clears throat> that's mm-hmm. you know a challenge in itself like more technical writing composing and orchestrating and you know recording with the orchestra and all everything that comes with that um so that's more i would say more technical and the music all overall is most of the time happy and um i'm i'm i really like melodies so i'm very melodic i, I really try uh, try to write a lot of melodic uh, music uh, especially in animation a lot of thematic material and then at the other side there is all the <laughs> more the dark stuff and that's more um you know most like electronic music but that's more about trying to to um find and and make the right sounds and moods and that's more about experimenting with um yeah with sound actually um so it's a very very different approach than all the technical orchestral work with animation than making moods um and most of the time it's more like serious and dark <clears throat> and sometimes it's more serious classical music as well so i do, i see that uh, those things are as two completely well, i would maybe opposites but it's kind of like how i how i am i guess i mean i'm 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 very <clears throat> i would say very fun and i like all the <clears throat> the 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 comedy of animation but i also can be serious about it and then um and I, I think it's good to do both drama and comedy because it's I think that's a good balance to 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 if you do both then both of them get better, if that makes any sense. For sure, yeah. And I think just even on a personal side of notice, you know, if you work on a horror or a thriller for too long, then you kind of embody that <laughs> that film and that story. So it's nice to yeah. be able to keep it varied. It it's nice to um it's nice to to switch a little bit to keep that balance because mm-hmm. like I do so much animation and especially the TV stuff that goes on for so long um, <clears throat> you know at a certain point you just want something else and also um, you know when you do animation when I do animation most of the things are especially the mockups are all done obviously in the box in the computer so you're just working on with all the samples <clears throat> but for all the um, the drama stuff, I, I try to use as much hardware synths as I can. It's just also a different kind of way of working. Um, so it's 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 kind of two different things. Cool. Well, on that topic, uh, I think we'll go to the final segment for the podcast, uh, a segment called Tech Talk, where I list off a tech topic, and you can say as much or as little as you want about it. <laughs> go ahead. So the first one is DAW. Yeah, I use uh, Logic. I started um, back in the days with Cubase. Then I switched to Logic. And then I, when I worked at Remote, was, uh, you know, I switched back to Cubase, but then eventually switched back to Logic again. <laughs> so Logic. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, next one you have here is uh, favorite analog synths. 
Well, I just oh, uh, I just got a uh, a MOOC one, which I love. Ooh, nice. Uh, and I'm still trying to. I bought it because of this uh, those projects I I am uh, I'm doing. Uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, it's very uh, <laughs> it's it's very uh, there's so many possibilities. Actually, a good friend of mine also has has one. So we're just trying to you know teach each other from tricks. Um, but that's a really, really, really cool thing. My one of my other favorite synths, but it's it's called the Lyra Eight. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's very specific, and I I bought this thing because I'm you know I'm doing this horror movie, and it's so cool. Um, it it's not suitable for everything, but it's definitely um, definitely really cool to create sound. So I think those two are my favorites of what I have. Yeah, the Lyra Eight is so uh, or just like refreshing to have a different interface too to yeah. to make music. <laughs> uh, how about favorite? orchestral sample libraries as it pertains to animation oh boy i use so many things i i have um you know i have i i run piano ensemble pro on two slave computers so i loaded it up with um with 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 libraries but i i would say i think my favorite right now is the um cinematic studio series yeah and it's it's funny because they're like relatively small, but they sound they sound so good in my opinion. I mean that's that's what I use a lot now. I mean I have all the libraries, um, you know everyone else has, but I right now especially for animation, um, I because the solo instrument sounds really good. I I tend to use them a lot. For sure, yeah, I, I love the consistency with them and. Yeah, just it's really so. I mean, honestly, for me too, is like once I saw those videos of like John Powell posting his mock ups, and I think that's all he uses now for strings these days. It's like, I mean, it great. sounds really good, and and especially the solo woodwinds and and the brass sounds really good. I mean, I have I have all the other libraries as well, uh, and I know exactly. I mean, I have a huge template, and I know exactly which uh, you know which instrument from which sample library I I I, I like. I mean, it took me so long to figure out, but but yeah, um, lately I, I tend to use that a lot, the cinematic um, studio yeah. series. It's funny what you just said there too, because I hate that thing where you buy like, th- th- there's a, I probably shouldn't say what it is, but there's a $1,000 library that I, I got recently and as soon as I downloaded it, it was like, oh, this was a mistake. <laughs> like I'm not, but the only thing that I use now from it is the harp. And it's just kind of funny. It's like it's. I think it's really good, but was it worth a thousand dollars? Yeah, not. I mean, <laughs> I I think the older libraries are more like you have everything, but now it's way more niche. Yep. And um, so there's more choice, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it. The thing I find interesting is that you know whatever library you use, it doesn't really guarantee that you're that you're production is going to sound good <laughs> because uh, you know sometimes it, it really it really um depends on on your your own skills and i mean i guess your ears um how you how you use them because it's not like oh you need that library to make a great production 
Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've heard great things. I mean, completely honestly, like it would be it's way more rare, but I've heard someone come with like a logic demo, just stock logic whatever, and it can sound great. Yeah. Um especially because I mean, there's this whole like debate about like writing to the strength of samples versus writing to just make great music. And I feel like on TV, sometimes you do have to kind of do that and you do have to write to what makes the sample sound good because that might be what the final music is but in film or i guess when budget occurs <laughs> like yeah it's just better to try to write the best idea that you possibly can i mean i also i think the the other thing is that if like especially for tv when there's so little time mm. you you don't want to spend like days on editing. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on editing to make it sound as real, as good as I can. Right. But some libraries, it's easier than others. Mm-hmm. So it's also, I, I guess, your personal uh, preference. And I have a lot of controllers here, so I just try to be as, work as quick as I can to get the, the best results. Um, because, yeah, it, it just, I, I cannot spend like, days on, on editing stuff if there's no time so it's always like a balance of like what you know what's the best uh the best library for the for the the best results in the, in the shortest amount of time if you don't have time for sure yeah well you killed it here with tech talk uh is there anything else you want to share with the audience uh maybe upcoming projects um or words of it I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, let me let me see. Um, well, I, I the thing I, I I try to do it because I do you know I do some talks all around the world and I get asked to you know to talk about my work and I think what I always try to do is not to and I I don't I'm not gonna go on a stage and say oh it's so great Hollywood is fantastic and all this and I'm like. I mean, yeah, I mean, that it is part of it, but I always try to be really, you know, also be honest and, and very transparent of like what it really is to to live here and to work here because that's, it might be not like what everyone thinks. And I got like so many requests, especially from young students, um, especially from Europe, that they also want to come here. And I always say, well, do you really want to come here? Because it's maybe not, it's not easy. And... Um, I, I really, I really try to hopefully inspire some, some especially young people to, you know, to if if you really want to do it, then go for it. And that's, um, yeah, I think that's that's very important. Agreed. Well, VJ, it was such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Composer Talk. If you like what we're doing, feel free to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. The show is mixed and sounds great thanks to the incredible Eric Bard, who's also a talented composer, producer, and mixer. Until next time, this has been Matthew Wong.